It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I still cannot believe that it is happening this week. And of course, if the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, fantasy season is long, long gone, right? Oh, no, no, no. Not at DraftKings. The fantasy football season never stops there. So while the season-long league is long gone and we are sitting there kicking back, drinking beers, and rooting on the birds, it is not too late to draft a new fantasy football team and win money while doing it. Check out the brand new single-game showdown at DraftKings. It's the newest way to play one week fantasy football and drafting your team is faster than ever all you do is draft six players that's it four offensive two defensive obviously i'm all picking eagles players but you do you you can choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can even just compete against a group of your friends so get to draftkings.com now and use promo code bgnr to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes this sunday for the big game that's promo code bgnr to compete for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details this episode of bgn radio is brought to you by clip it the hottest app that is out there watch tv make clips and share for more information check them out at clipit.tv or check them on twitter at clipit tv you're listening to bgn radio oh un flea flicker clement a falls hombre abierto para la izquierda tory smith completo Touchdown! Touchdown! Philadelphia! ¡Qué clase de jugada! ¡No lo creo! ¡No lo creo! ¡Ay, papá! ¡Qué clase de jugada! Oh, what's going on? Super Bowl Week Nation! It is episode number 297 of the BGN Radio Podcast. We are so happy to be here, not talking about the Senior Bowl, although tomorrow we're going to be talking Senior Bowl with uh, with uh, Mark Schofield and, of course, uh, Benjamin Solak, as uh, we're going to have an all-exclusive, I don't even know what to call it, a, an all-paid trip road to the Super Bowl through your ears, and we're going to serve uh, a lot of bacon through them, hopefully. Uh, John Barchard, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton, going to be with you for the majority of the week this week because it's just uh, BLG's... What are you flying out to Minnesota tomorrow, right? Yeah, eleven a.m. Uh, around there. I'll be going to Minnesota. I'll be arriving around one p.m. and then, you know, right away. There's some there's some media interviews at night. It's going to be a busy week. There should be a lot of stuff going on. I'm I'm sure it'll help us get through the week faster and actually have Sunday get here faster. Although while I say that, it's it, it's honestly you know I can't get here soon. Though. No, you can't. It hasn't really sunk in for me yet and we'll probably get into that as well james i think that we should have uh blg buy one new thing at the mall of america each day and then we can just try and guess what he bought even if it's a caribou coffee or something like that i think it'd be a, a fun experiment much like i don't know if you saw Corey clement just went and bought an xbox as soon as they landed so uh to me that's a great sign of, of them being nice and loose there james Oh, totally agree. And I love that idea. I think we definitely need to do the BLG guessing game. It's also going to be fun to hear about the first BGN radio listener who's like sees a tall guy in the media crowd. Is like, are you BLG? Because I'm sure that'll happen too. Do you play uh, basketball? But yeah, John, yeah. I, I, 
I'm I'm kind of like I, I'm. It's funny that you guys are like it can't come soon enough because in one way for me it can't, but in another way it's like I wake up every morning and say, "Holy shit, my team's in the Super Bowl!" and it's such an awesome feeling. I'm loving this this build up. I want to pump like Super Bowl information into my veins at all times. I want to just everything Super Bowl at me at all times. So while I also can't wait for the game to get here, I'm I'm. I'm enjoying this uh, this two week build up too. Yeah, as much as we will complain about the overanalyzing, which I'm sure we'll get to by Thursday or Friday, or maybe we'll just punch our own selves in the face because we will be saying a lot of the same things throughout the week. But uh, I, I said the same thing to myself, Jameson. The NFL Network's on there. You see the American Airlines uh, airliner coming in with all the all the Eagles players, and you're analyzing every little single thing that they're doing. <laughs> like, oh my God, is that Carson Wentz? Is he taking his own baggages by himself with the Need no That's fantastic. That's wonderful. Is that Jim Schwartz wearing black beats and sunglasses and not giving a shit about anything that's around him? That's fantastic. I love where his head's at. Yeah, it's amazing how we just kind of flip the switch on when uh, when that stuff happens, when the Eagles are actually in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I, uh, let, BLG, let's start there. I mean, you're going to be in the midst of everything. We know that the, the media week is absolutely crazy. There's going to be Lee Steinberg knocking on your door, wanting uh, him to want you to come to the Super Bowl party and Radio Row and just like the the fact that it's all happening at the Mall of America is still like a a weird thing to me, but it sounds like a real fun uh, time there. What storylines are you kind of looking forward to this week? Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about those other two guys on the other team. That is, you know, Danny Amendola and Dion Lewis, of course, and no one yes. else I'm referencing there. Um, no, for real, with the Eagles, if we're talking about Eagles focused here, I mean, the underdog angle, I think, is obviously going to get beaten to death because, you know, we've already talked about that here in Philly, but now you're going to get these national reporters coming in. They're going to be like, what's it going to be like being the underdog going up against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Like, we're going to hear so much of that. Um, and probably Pete just, Pr- Prisco picking against you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's like the main thing with the Eagles team. James and I were kind of talking about this uh, on Monday last week about like what's going to be the main angle with the Eagles, and really, I don't think it's going to be about them as much. I think it's going to be more people interested in the Patriots. Uh, the Eagles obviously are here less than the Patriots, so there is that that newness to them, but. I don't know. I think we kind of know what this team is, and it's a team that's you know gotten further than everyone expected. They are the underdog still, even though that someone out there, the Let It Ride better, apparently has what dropped four point something million on the 4. Eagles to win 2, this I game. Think. Which, yeah. oh my gosh! And he's looking to bet more. They said he's looking to bet more. And a quick thing on that. Maybe we should get to that later, but. If you're going to bet on a team to win the Super Bowl, wouldn't you bet on the Patriots? Just because here's my thinking on that. And I think I've gone over this before. Uh, If you're going to bet on a team to win the Super Bowl, you bet on the Patriots because then if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's like you're paying for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. And you feel you're you're fine. You don't care about losing money. But then if the Patriots win, you're like, all right, well, the Eagles lost and that's horrible. But I made, you know, whatever amount of dollars. So. So that's where I'm at. Uh, to totally get off your question, I just that popped into my head. Uh, it's a, a three million dollar bet, uh, according to R.J. Bell, with multiple million dollar bet uh, still verifying everything that's coming out. Details withheld by the MGM and et cetera, et cetera. Maybe there's an update to that that I didn't really see, but uh, that is definitely an interesting thing there. And I don't does that make you do anything different, James? As far as like, is, oh no, it is four point two million. I'm sorry, uh, that is that is the exclusive bet there that's happening. Does that make you feel any different, James? When somebody just has the balls to go and do that. And by the way, BLG is right. I mean, you should bet the Patriots money line because it's a better bet and just take the points with the Eagles. But uh, uh, what uh, what yeah? What say you? Does that uh, sway you at all? Well, I mean, we're assuming if this guy's not an Eagles fan or a Patriots fan, he's just betting with his head and it doesn't really matter. There's no should or shouldn't. Right. Uh, But yeah, sure. If you're an Eagles fan, the emotional hedge is certainly there. Um, But no, it doesn't really change my thoughts on it. Uh, You know, I think, look, I think where the Eagles are right now, I think they're the better bet when you look at. Um, you know, where the line is and, and all that. But, it, and even if you're taking them on the money line, I think it's a better bet. Obviously I know we're all confident they're going to win. I wouldn't be surprised if there are other people out there like this guy who are confident they're going to win as well. 
Um, but no, you know, it doesn't change my perspective on how this game is shaking out. You know, I look, I'll put it this way. I'm not making any bets on anything because I've been on the Super Bowl two times in my life and I've lost both of those bets. <laughs> I'm not doing anything when it comes to betting or messing around with this. Then uh, bet on the Patriots. It's right, PLG, exactly. Um, but uh, look, I don't think that, that look, it, it doesn't, it's nice to have someone on board and believing in your squad, I think, but. Uh, I think this team is still going to to embrace that underdog mentality. They're still going to use that as fuel. And ultimately, no matter how much this guy who seems to have a lot of loose cash is willing to put it down on the Eagles, no matter what, this line is not going to get to the Eagles being favored by the time it kicks off so they're going to be an underdog no matter what they'll use it as fuel and that's all i really care about yeah uh last time i bet on a super bowl was actually 2007 i rode the giants the entire time and somehow made a lot of money and then uh and then lost it all on something so bet on the seahawks in the worst officiated game in the history of football it's like uh yeah and i mean uh jack fritz pointed this out uh today which ultimately is he started a ban list for everybody uh that is picking against the eagles so the following people are no longer allowed on the counterpoint podcast which he will uh belong to but i can't <laughs> believe this came out so early with scores and everything like it's monday they've had the time to think about it there's been no injury reports nothing's really happened you know there might be arrests there might be a dui there might be something crazy that happens but here's the list pete prisco patriots jason lagan patriots will Br- uh, uh, what's his name again? Will Brinson? Like, it's so small. Brinson. Yeah, Brinson. Patriots. Uh, everybody from CBS Sports. Patriots. Uh, Elliot Harrison, NFL.com. Patriots. Uh, Cameron Wolf, ESPN. Patriots. Mike Reese. Patriots. Michael Clay, a Philly guy. <laughs> Patriots. Mike Golick. Patriots. Wickersham. The, the, uh, see, he's all doing this together. He wrote that article. He knows what's happening. Patriots. Uh, I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't get it. Doug, this is what I'm talking about. Doug's going to have all of those picks plastered up all over the locker room over all week. Nobody believes in you. Your dogs <laughs> go get them. I guess that's kind of the storyline that I'm more interested in right now. And literally, I'm wearing Lane Johnson's uh, shirt that helped contribute to the Philadelphia schools. Uh, but I, I, this team is not. I get the idea that this team is is an underdog in the public sense. It the reality of the situation is even with Nick Foles, uh, and and obviously if you switch quarterbacks, it's it would be no joke. But that's kind of my point. The Eagles are a better team. They have been. No question. They they always will be a better team than this Patriots team. And anything can happen on one game and one Sunday. But all around, I think they've played. A tougher schedule. Their defense is better. Uh, they can do a lot of different things uh, offensively. I know that the Patriots' numbers are look really good. Uh, all of that, I know, and I'm still honestly, I'm the the things that do concern me about this game is. Tom Brady, short passing game, Danny Amendola, and not because he stares at the Eagles jersey and as a constant reminder and blah, 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 but that's where I, <laughs> I, I, I keep looking at it. I look at that. I'm not as worried. I know that people kind of look at Brandon Cooks versus Jalen Mills or whoever it is that's going to be him or it's Darby or whatever as an important storyline of what's going to keep this team together. I, I will never, ever be worried about this Eagles secondary giving up uh, deep passes. They, they might come. <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be a barrage of Tom Brady just absolutely going balls to the wall and bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb. I, I mean, it's this is not going to be any different than Tom Brady uh, and what he's done in every Super Bowl. Four and a half yards per attempt. Uh, the football outsider guys yell and scream and say he's not the greatest of all time if you can't do that and snooze fest galore. It's how I think that... You just attacked Jim Schwartz, and we've been waiting for this for a very long time. And for some reason, there's a lot of coaches that decide not to do this, and I feel like uh, Belichick can. But besides all that, I mean, I just I look back at what Doug has been able to do with the offense here, BLG, and my biggest storyline is they're not underdogs. Like they, this is by the time that we get to, uh, I, and again, I don't care what Vegas says or anybody's opinion say. Like this is. 
we're going to come back this in two weeks and hopefully with this with an Eagles Super Bowl victory and that's going to be the storyline it's just like you know I, I hear it in my head already of Greg Cosell on on, on uh, you know the what's the uh, what's the NFL Network show the America's game or whatever it is on one of those like they're going to do it on this team and everybody's going to go well uh, you know the, the truth of the matter is they might have been underdogs but they were really the best team that's come through this time and that's that's what it is it's it's people realizing how good this team is on a national stage blg yeah i think that's a big thing that's going to happen this week because i mean in philadelphia the eagles are certainly not underdogs i think everyone pretty much feels like they're going to win i think jack our own jack fritz here was saying like it's a matter of just how by how many points now based on what he's heard on the radio and jack thinks they're going to win too of course but like he's just seeing that that and i'm i'm even feeling that way honestly the way i felt since the Eagles have won the NFC Championship game, and it's not just as simple as, oh, they won in such dominant fashion that it definitely means they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's not that alone. It's just what we've seen over the course of this year and how the Eagles have won. It's good coaching. It's in the trenches. It's not like fluky BS back in 2014 where you know they're, they're scoring on special teams and it's not sustainable. It's, it's real sustainable things that have got the Eagles to this point and you feel good about moving forward. So I'm really at the point where I'm not nervous at all about this game and I think some people feel the same way Uh, you guys can weigh in here but for me I'm not worried I feel like I've almost feel like I've gone into the future and I I, or I have this crystal ball and and I've seen that the Eagles have won already and it's almost like yeah all right now come on I'm just waiting for it to happen like that's (laughs) almost the point where I I, and, and I don't feel irrational saying that I mean maybe it'll be wrong because I don't, I haven't actually seen the future, or so you know. <laughs> but don't lie, BLG. Just but, tell them the truth. But here's another interesting thing that I think is kind of—it's been an underrated angle. And now, if anyone else comes up with it, we know they stole it from me and us. Uh, I think you look at who were some of the Patriots' worst losses in these past couple of years. Here, it's been against the Chiefs. And guess who was with the Chiefs with one of those really bad losses? Remember, do you guys remember what game I'm talking about? The game where like the Patriots, I think they lost to the Patriots or to the Chiefs in like Kansas City. 40, yeah, it was the, the one where everyone the, the first time everyone was like, "Oh, the Brady Belichick thing, it's done." They thought it's he was over. done. They, they killed him. And then earlier this it's like year, forty-two to ten or something like that. They, everyone thought Tom Brady was done. And then again this year, I mean, obviously Doug wasn't with them, but Andy Reid, like they beat the Patriots in that home opener. And that game wasn't even as close as the final score indicated. No. Like they, they kicked the crap out of them in the second half. So I think that's kind of an underrated thing there. There's been a lot of talk about how Bill Belichick has had success against some of these Jim Schwartz defenses in the past. There's been some articles about that over at Pat's pulpit and the, the Boston Globe and all those all those sites. Um, but I think that's an interesting angle. I think Doug, you know, and Andy at least. I mean, we don't think of Andy being well against Belichick when it comes to the playoffs, but I mean, they've had some success against Belichick, so I think that's a little interesting thing to consider this week. Well, uh, James, I mean, he's obviously not paying attention to any of our radio shows, because let's not act like we weren't bringing that up (laughs) last week here. Uh, And on top of, no, you're right on BLG, and this is the other thing that I think, too, James, he's seen this team in the playoffs already. You know, and that was kind of, I remember when he got hired that everybody just went, oh, you're the guy, you're the guy that uh, decided he didn't want Tom Brady to have the ball back in the second half, and that's why you called that miserable last two minutes or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. He's seen this team in the playoffs. He's seen them in the regular season, and certainly, like, there, you can almost diagram the same types of things and wrinkles that we've seen in the past couple of weeks on what this what that Chiefs team does in the running game, and he's kind of equated it and adapted it, hybrided it with what the Eagles have already been doing in his own playbook, and that's what gives me a, a ton of hope in this game, and people kind of, like, maybe are overlooking that outside of Philadelphia, but I really do believe that they can kick the shit out of this defense. Again, just it really in the ball in the hands of Ajay and Clement and LeGarrette Blunt, and you know the Patriots are going to know what uh, LeGarrette can and can't do. But that is a that is a major sinkhole uh, when I keep looking at this matchup as I keep going back through their tape here. 
Well, Johnny, you don't have to worry. Brandon's already been in the future, so <laughs> you know, let, this, yeah. let the stress go away. Uh, hey, you're John, laughing no, now, but trust uh, me. <laughs> we're going to see a DeLorean like, pull up, and then we're all going to piss our pants. Right, yeah, VLG right, like, gets out. It takes him forever because he's way too big to get in a DeLorean. Um, but I'm with you. Uh, no, look, I think uh, – I. John, I'm with you, and and we talked about it on on the WIP show with Trey Thomas on Saturday. How good Doug Peterson has been with these offensive line schemes and getting his guys to the second level, and the ability to really, you know, have creative running, you know, a running game and, and running scheme in terms of how that offensive line works. And and we saw against Minnesota against a much much better defensive front seven. We saw them, as you said, John, kick the shit out of that Minnesota front seven and I, I there's no reason they can't do it to new england they are bigger and stronger than this new england defensive front uh, you know a, a front that lost its best player halfway through the season in dante hightower um so i, I feel really good about that matchup there and look talking about storylines i think doug is one of my biggest storylines of the week in the concept that you know really has what this man has done and and even you know you even have mike lombardi say oh he's a really good coach i was wrong it's like yeah no shit mike it's like uh but i I think doug and what doug has done to get this team in and it'll be Foles as well the combination of doug and Foles and how doug has been able to take a guy like nick Foles from what we saw week 16 week 17 and turn him into the guy we saw, uh, you know, against Minnesota, I think is going to be a a real uh, storyline over the next uh, week here and looking at, you know, just the masterful job that Peterson has done and, and giving us. But I have one other storyline I think is going to pop up uh, about this team this week. I want to see if you guys agree. We're already, even in the first week, before the stories really get going, hearing people talk about Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins and and some of the guys on this team and how this is a team of good people and people, you know, Lane Johnson, like you said, John, you're wearing the shirt and what those guys did to get those shirts to, to you know, as, as long as it took whatever for the NFL to, to get on board, but, oh, yeah. um, you know, to, to go to charity, I think that we're going to see that this is a team full of good guys and i think there's going to be some real positive response this week to that and i gotta say a jump in on that real quick like stop nba nfl if someone's doing something for charity fucking say that when you're selling the shirts immediately (laughs) don't play this like oh of course in 24 hours of clarification or taking it down and being like oh yeah geez i didn't realize this was actually going towards a charity and stop trying to make a profit off it we know we know you want to make a profit off of literally everything but don't just have some form of awareness good lord uh yes but that's i think that's a that's a big one and that's kind of for me blg there are so many of those stories this week uh, I think it'll all get swallowed up uh, with a bunch of different stuff. But as much as you were saying, is you know they'll go to Amendola and they'll go to Dion Lewis on that side of it. There's just so many little different buttons along the way, and just so many interesting storylines individually for this Eagles team. Even the guys that aren't even playing, like. Jason Peters and Darren Sproles and like, you know, James was mentioning there, uh, Chris Long has, has had a fantastic story throughout this entire season. Malcolm Jenkins has as well. Uh, Torrey Smith, all of that. Alshon Jeffrey, like why they chose to come here. I, I think you can write about 12 different articles on how this, you know, I, I expect a, a Peter King 12,000 word, how the Eagles all came together. You know, that's to me, that's that's the that's the biggest one overall is. Most of the time when this stuff happens, yeah, this this a team like this might get into the playoffs and then they'll gel the next year and then they're there. Um, there's just a lot of different things, including Doug, including, you know, how including all this stuff in, in Douglas to find the right kind of just elements that would work this way. And I, I almost w- want to know, like, did they kind of secretly know they have a really good shot here of doing something like this or are they just – in shock themselves or just like yeah we knew this team was going to be good we had no idea it was going to be that good type of type of feel you know i think they're shocked i mean i mean like to a a certain extent you look at what jeffrey lurie said before the season and he was kind of like hedgy on it he was like you know look we're still building for the future but we expect improvement now like they were pretty i don't think they were driving like this is it you know hashtag here we come you know doing some kind of sixers thing over here where they're they're trying to make it like all about right now 
And I mean, there were some aspects that I guess that you could see were there, like Jason Peters coming back, and you know, you, you still have Darren Sproles, and you know, you bring in some of these one-year guys like Chris Long, Patrick Robinson. You know, it clearly wasn't a full-on rebuild, and I just don't think that really exists as much in the NFL anyway for the most part, and it shouldn't because this is this is exactly why that doesn't really work out as much in the NFL as it might in the NBA because you can have a season like this where you go from being, all right, this team that finished 7-9 and nine and, you know, a couple of those wins at the end of the season came – you know, or at least one did when the Cowboys were sitting their starters, and so they weren't this awesome team. And people thought, you know, they're going to go around nine and seven, six and ten. They'd be in the mix for the playoffs, but they were clearly behind the Cowboys, according to everyone. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they just come out and they defy expectations. And really, just from the get go, I mean, I had a good feeling going into that Washington game, but. You know, that was a team they'd struggled with a lot. And they kind of came out and they kind of, I mean, it came down to that Kirk Cousins strip sack, which still might not have been a strip sack. But, you know, they make that big play. And then just even from there, it just felt different. Because it was like, hey, we finally freaking beat the Redskins. Like after five straight losses in a row to that team, which is just ridiculous. The Eagles should never, I don't care how bad the Eagles are at any point in their franchise. They should never lose to the Redskins five times in a row. That's unacceptable. So this totally just had a different feel this year. You saw it throughout the year. The the Giants game, the first one, just it felt so different. Like to to make that kick, like that's not your normal Eagles team making a sixty three yard field goal. That's how the Eagles lose those games. I remember being a kid and watching um, Matt Bryant hit that freaking field goal for the Buccaneers, like. I was pounding on the floor. Like I was like just so <laughs> outraged. Like I, I used to get just so angry as a kid. Like and especially losing like that. Like that was the Eagles that I knew. The team that lost like that. And the team that even going into the Super Bowl in two thousand four, like I felt nervous. I felt so nervous about that game. And this is different. It's such a different team. Like I think we've said that a lot, but I don't think it can be said enough. This is not your normal Philadelphia sports team where you're expected to, you know, all right, you know, there's that disappointments coming. You're not feeling that with this team. It's a it's a whole different vibe. It's a different feel. And I think that's part of what has me feeling so good going to the Super Bowl. It just doesn't feel like another year. It feels like it's, this is a special year, like it was meant to be, like it's destiny. It just feels like that. Yeah, it really does. And I, we've talked a lot about that, James, where it feels like a big everybody's leaning in everybody believes and that feels good for the first time that there's not like a yeah they're gonna blow it anyway type of thing or like this they're not gonna get there there's not too many people and nor would i advise anybody this week to be like yeah, i just don't think they're gonna win <laughs> it, it, you know it doesn't it doesn't have that vibe and that to me is um i know it's it's not really a part of the eagles team itself but this does feel so much different. We all feel like PLG. We all feel like they're going to go in and, and do this thing. And it's for the same reasons, because we know that they're a really, really good football team, no matter how many times that uh, we've we've kind of like doubted it at, at some points. And we've questioned a lot of different things, certainly last year into this year and so on and so forth. Everybody's kind of in lockstep here. And I think that's a hugely underrated Philadelphia thing, no matter you know the, the people are still in Minnesota, still not over this thing. Is is we're realizing this is there this week and whatever they can they can sit in their own diapers as long as they want to. But I'm not, <laughs> nobody's really concerned about that right now. It's just everyone is still together and even more so there. It's just I I and I'm. It sounds like I'm making this up, but I've gone to seven different places in the past 24 hours, and someone has told me go birds. And that just doesn't happen. You know, I think it's because of one, that um, amazing go birds, go Yo birds, birds. Uh, video that should be enshrined in the Philadelphia Hall of Fame. Uh, and and it's just it just feels like that way, James, like everyone. Uh, th there's more gear coming out. Everybody just feels great. If, if they had an Eagles uh, body paint on rolling into work uh, this morning, like it would and nobody would say anything. It would just be like, yep, ex that's that's exactly what you're supposed to do. The Philadelphia fan base is 
in together, they all believe. That's that's an underrated storyline for me, James. It's a great storyline, and it's uh, more so than any time I remember, even more than 01, 93, all that time where everyone was together. This feels different. Everywhere I walk, I see Eagles gear. I saw a guy selling dog shirts in the middle of Broad Street yesterday, and it's like freezing cold hour a couple days ago, and he's just out there selling dog shirts, you know, with like the mask and stuff. It has been, um, it's been special, and it's a special group. Like I, I've said multiple times, I'm, I'm done doubting those guys, that team, you know, the 53 guys in that locker room, the the coaching staff. They all just believe in each other. They believe they're gonna win and I, i'm in like I, I i have zero doubt that they will because of of what they are and who they've been and how they've carried themselves and how prepared they are to play every week and um just the feel in the locker room and the looseness the way they go about their business it doesn't feel like this moment is too big for them which is just absolutely crazy and i said this the other day and maybe i made a mistake saying it to Trey Thomas on the radio, but in 2004, I never <laughs> thought they were going to win. It was awesome. Yeah. It was the first time in my life they had made the Super Bowl. It was. I felt great. I loved everything about it, but I never actually thought they were going to beat that Patriots team. It's the exact opposite this time around. Like I've barely even considered the possibility they could lose because that's how strongly I believe they're going to win. Um, and uh, you know, just to finish it out here, Vikings fans. Stop being so fucking soft. What is wrong with you? It's a get like, what is wrong with you people? Like you're not driving people where they need to go. You're canceling Airbnbs. You're being little crybabies. Like get the hell over it. I know it's a bummer. They were going to be a home Super Bowl. I feel you. That sucks. But like, come on, man. It's sports. Stop being assholes. Well, and uh, I got to credit. Um, I'm not going to give it. Um, the bar out, but I there's a place that says come on in and you know we'll throw a beer on you, Eagles fans or whatever. If you take a picture of that, you're an idiot because that, that's exactly what they want. They want the publicity for their bar that week. They want to go and see and check it out. They 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 fooled you. They got you right in there. So props to that bar because I know exactly what you're doing for the week and also go fill the fish as well is a nice way of saying fuck yourself. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to get into something that I think might be a storyline after uh, what we all think is going to happen, happen. And I'm, I'm curious on your guys' opinions. Uh, all this week, we want to thank our Patreon subscribers, especially our $25 subscribers that have been with us throughout the entire season. And we can't thank you enough for all of the effort that you have put in in producing this podcast because you have literally saved our asses this season. So we are definitely getting you guys more involved. This podcast isn't going anywhere, and it's because of you guys. And we want to get back to like sitting down and having actual conversations with everybody. The uh, the schedule uh, happened to be so chaotic because uh, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> it, it, that's just kind of uh, how it's been rolling here. But uh, you are definitely the most important part of of uh, this podcast, every single one of our Patreon subscribers uh, have uh, have been able to just give us uh, so much freedom this year, and we're going to continue on doing that, and hopefully by rewarding you guys even more as we got something really special getting cooked up for next season, and we're very excited about that, which of course includes London and all the all the other road places that we're going. But we've uh, asked uh, some of our Patreon subscribers to chime in and say, like, uh, give give their favorite memory. Uh, James Westfold uh, kicks us off on what his favorite memory of this Eagles season has been so far. Hey guys, this is James Westfall out of Columbus, Ohio. I've got to say, my favorite memory from this season was getting to sit and watch the Broncos play the Birds with the man solely responsible for me becoming a diseased Eagles fan, my Uncle Doug. It was the first time in a lot of years that our schedules were able to line up and we got to enjoy a game together. Not only did we get to enjoy the game together, but I got to sit there on the couch with my three-month-old daughter and my five-year-old son, Colton, just hanging out and enjoying the time that I have with them as they fell asleep towards the end of the third quarter. But now I get to look forward to getting together with my Uncle Doug, my Uncle Andy, my cousin Danny, my wife Susie, and our kids to watch the birds win the Super Bowl and celebrate at a parade down Broad Street. Thanks for all you guys do. The content keeps getting better. And fly, Eagles, fly, baby. And pretty awesome that, uh, first of all, you get to watch a game with your uncle uh, who uh, who made you a birds fan. That Denver game did, did change a lot of people's perception, I think, too. 
And it was, I mean, granted, we found out that the Broncos were kind of a dog shit team right after that. But I always, it's it's weird that every team that the Eagles have played, they've broken them almost. Like the teetering side of it, uh, you know, they, they kind of did what with the with the Chargers, though they, you know, they kind of climbed back through and still fell short of the playoffs. But it felt like uh, the spirits were broken almost every single time uh, that the that the Eagles had this had this next challenge in front of them. Denver Denver definitely is one of those. What an ass whooping! You forget about a lot of the ass whoopings here. BLG Denver is par- probably one of my favorites. Yeah, and I remember going into that game too. Like Zach Ertz was inactive at like last minute, and I was like, man, like, I, I just felt so much worse at that point. And then they go, and that looked like ridiculous after that because they they Trey Burton was killing it in that game. <laughs> they did fine without him, and that was the thing too. Earlier on the season, there was all that stupid talk about how oh the Eagles haven't played anyone. You look at their strength of schedule, blah blah blah. So ridiculous. I mean, they were killing their opponents. They were dominating them, annihilating them. And just the way they did it, too, even if it didn't necessarily show up in the score, and you're, you're still seeing it from this Eagles team. And they just did it. They just blew out the Vikings. But it's not, again, it's not just the result. It's the process. It's the process of how they do it. Mm-hmm. And the process they, they have is good coaching and just fantastic play in the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's what it really all boils down to here because we can talk about, and you're, and that's what all the talk is this week about, and when you look at it on paper and when you see all those people picking the Patriots over the Eagles, I mean, a lot of that comes down to the quarterback battle. It's, it's which, you know, they don't go up one-on-one, but you're, you're looking at Tom Brady versus Nick Foles, and you're like, all right, how many people are really going to take Nick Foles when you look at that? But you have to factor in not just the quarterbacks themselves, but how those quarterbacks are impacted. And the Eagles have things that can impact the quarterback position on both sides of the ball so much with that offensive line that gives them so much protection and has done a great job in the playoffs of keeping Nick Foles clean, which is huge because if you start get if he starts getting pressured and you know he's he's showing the bad footwork and he's just not playing with any confidence like he was at the end of the regular season, the Eagles are SOL. So on the flip side, you know, if you're getting pressure on Brady and you're doing that, I mean, you're, you're probably you know, like, look, Brady is a quarterback who takes sacks. So he's not going to make that bad throw. He's going to eat the ball, and that's smart. He's not going to do the dumb thing and, and force a throw and, and get a pick six going there. He'll just take the sack. And he, sometimes he'll be a little too cautious with that. And I think we saw that in the Jaguars game even where he started to see ghosts. I mean, you can get him into that kind of position where he'll go down easily. And that's what the Eagles need to do in this game. And, and we've seen that all throughout the season. And all these wins and all these big efforts, that pass rush and that offensive line, those two units have come up so big. And before, there was a lot of Carson Wentz, too, which made it awesome. And, and I can't believe there's discussions now that aren't real and they're not really coming from Philadelphia, I guess. But I'm, I guess I'm talking about Michael Lombardi here about, like, <laughs> Is there a quarterback controversy of Nick Foles wins no. the Super Bowl? Oh my God! Zero. I mean, it's, it's not, not even, even worth discussing. Lawrence Tyne. Like like, Lawrence Tyne said something about it today. Listen, shut up! You're a kicker. Well, he was trolling. He was definitely like, <laughs> yeah. For what player. it's worth, Lombardi yeah. clarified it and said that he never meant that. That he's like obviously Wentz is the guy there. So for what it's worth, uh huh. Just like that. You know. You know how many times Seltzer just jumps in to defend the ringer? I was just going to say that. I was like, yeah. Bill well, Simmons, to be fair, you know, that Bill I've never. No, 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 screw Lombardi. I'm, I, I'm not trying to. I'm just <laughs> clarifying so we get our facts straight. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Yeah, but who signs Lombardi's paychecks? This is Doug. Speaking of Brady and pressure, it's uh, funny because I was just looking at PFF. Quick, John, on the Broncos game, also, I believe, for JHI's first game as an Eagle. Yeah, which was awesome and something to remember. And and uh, uh, that was just a fun game because that was the one where everyone's like the Broncos defense. They're never going to be able to put up points and they put up 50. And then Carson <laughs> Wentz has four touchdowns and Scott Kazmar said it has a terrible game. So that was a fun one. <laughs> he kept that going, too. And he couldn't. I mean, those guys couldn't wait to jump in. System quarterback. OK, ooh, system quarterback. All right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the, the moment that. Uh, <laughs> You know, that all changed uh, there, too. Oh, yeah, that was – that was you know what? That was an important game for team chemistry uh, and, and to show them 
just how like tight knit of a group it is and trying to welcome a new guy into that because Garrett Blunt was the first guy that was basically touched him for for the celebration and he wasn't in the play he's screaming down the sideline and getting yep. in there and saying like let's go da, da, da. and they've been like that ever since uh because i think there's just a, a big mutual respect for one of those guys first of all and just to show them that you know hey this isn't uh this isn't anything different than we're used to and if he pl- comes into play and comes in to do his thing then we're going to be fine uh pff sam uh, was saying uh, it put out an interesting numbers. The, the NFL, average NFL passer rating this year is eighty seven point zero. When Tom Brady is under pressure this year, Brady is ninety six point six under those. So it's ten percent, uh, ten points higher than the average NFL QB on on any given day. And then he also points out like, and that's how you have to beat him. <laughs> Good luck. It's like, yeah, well, we've seen that. It's not impossible. And he's, you know, that's when you if you get into checkdown situations. Uh, that that favors exactly what Jim Schwartz kind of wants you to do. So that makes sense for why he he's had some success uh, with him in the past. I I, I do think that um, this is the thing I wanted to ask you guys about. James, do you think that there's going to be a discussion on if the Eagles do this thing? Uh, my Monday morning storyline is is kind of a fill in the blank. Whose Super Bowl is it? Is it as it? Do we just look at it as a team and go like, yeah, they they all kind of brought it together or whatever? Or is this if if Foles has the same type of game? Is it his Super Bowl? Is it Doug's? Is it Jim's? Where does your where does your kind of uh, instinct tell you that that we'll all be pointing to? Hey, th- this is so and so Super Bowl. They if without they, these guys, uh, it wouldn't have been able to have been been uh, or been done, etc. Yeah, it's a great question. Look, I think always, ultimately, when you look back at Super Bowls, you kind of look back at the coaching quarterback. And in most cases, they kind of get the credit as the, you know, that's their Super Bowl. But you also see sometimes when a dominant or or great defense takes over, like the Broncos a couple years ago, like those Ravens, where you think about them first. So it is a really fascinating question. I think, look, I, I think ultimately anyone who was a, you know, kind of following this team step by step all the way through people here, true, you know, Eagles fans. I think they'll remember it as a team Super Bowl. I think they'll remember it as the group of guys that fought through every little bit of adversity that that could be thrown their way and came out the other end champions. That that's the way I really think that people will ultimately look at it in this city, like people who who really, you know, took the blows as they went along and and remember what it was like when Wentz went down and you know the the watching Foles play those two games and and just the the the, the you know struggles and the doubt and the f- way they fought back and all that so i really do think it'll be a team super bowl i think from a national perspective though from that perspective i do think that it's going to be ultimately crowned a doug peterson super bowl i think that when you look at the job that he's done the past two weeks getting Foles into this system making Foles feel comfortable doing the stuff with going back and looking at the old game tape from 2013 i said this on the show on saturday as well but like you know doug turned out to be everything we we believed and hoped chip could be and would be and obviously uh, i think chip is certainly getting a little bit more credit now for some of the the concepts and philosophies but Doug is able to actually you know orchestrate that stuff and and put it into action and then on top of it to to create the culture and the locker room and the the atmosphere he has it's really been uh, amazing to watch so I think ultimately and look you know one way or the other I think if you say is it Nick Foles's or Carson Wentz's Super Bowl I think you have to say Foles because whenever you look back on Super Bowls you don't say that that you know it was a Jeff Hostetler or uh, Phil Simms won two Super Bowls you say he won one and, and Hostetler won one, but I think as far as it goes, I think locally it's going to really be the whole team, the adversity they fought, that whole thing. But I think nationally, Doug Peterson will get the credit. I'm going to wait on on what I think. BLG, do you have an answer of whose Super Bowl it might be? I think Doug definitely should get a lot of the credit. I think someone who probably won't get credit, and here I am saying this, but really the the true answer to the question is that it's a Howie Roseman Super Bowl. I mean, he's the guy who freaking hired Doug Peterson and he's the guy who put this team together and mm-hmm. found these fair these talents that made this team from a 7 and 9 team and Carson Wentz and like that was the thing. He was the architect of the Carson Wentz deal. Like like Joe Douglas has yes come in here and helped, but Joe Douglas wasn't around when when Howie went out and acquired Carson Wentz. So like that was him. 
And then obviously, you know, we can't like we're not attributing Nick Foles to Joe Douglas as much either. I mean, like that's you know how he drafted him and Doug Peterson. Obviously, we had a role in that too back in 2012. So I think that won't get talked about, but that really should be. I mean, I think like that's the if you had to. The, and of course, you could go up. You could always go up the chain. Like, all right, it's a Jeffrey Lurie Super Bowl because he decided <laughs> to stick with Howie Roseman. Um, and I, I do want to get to another Jeffrey Lurie point later. But uh, one more thing I wanted to say is, and the correct, the true, true correct answer is that it's our Super Bowl. It's our <laughs> Super Bowl. It is though. Like, I agree. I, I agree. The, I know what you're saying. The first one is the only one that we ever need to see. Now. As I say that, of course, we want them to win again after this one, if they win this and when they win this one. But the fact that like if they can just win one, just think about what I can't get over. I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot. I can't get over what that would mean. It would just mean I feel like so many people could just honestly believe that after the Eagles win one Super Bowl, it's like, all right, I can die happy now. Like <laughs> they did it. Like <laughs> they finally did it. No <laughs> one can say no more rings. Uh, you know, empty trophy case. No one can say that. They won a Super Bowl and they did it in a situation where no one expected them to. So all the haters and the doubters have to shut up and just suck it up and be like, yeah, the Eagles won and they defied all the odds and they beat the best head coach and quarterback duo in NFL history to do it. So I think if they win this one, I mean, you know, I think Carson being here makes it perfect. Like if you're thinking about a dream situation, I still, I mean, if they win with Foles, yes, it's going to be great still in terms of you won the Super Bowl. I think Carson hat being him being there would really have just made the dream come true. Cause then you could shove it to all his doubters as well. Uh, a big reason why not having him hurts in that regard. But I just, I can't, I, I think I'm going to be thinking about that for a long time. What this Super Bowl actually means to just so many people who have followed this team and they haven't freaking won since 1960. And 58 years later, they have the chance to do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, and that is all of what these guys said are, are so true. Uh, and I, I fully believe that that's how it really should be looked at. Um it's Doug Peterson's Super Bowl, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I can, I cannot tell you enough that how badly this is Doug Peterson's Super Bowl. Howie, I love you. I love the job that you have done throughout this entire time. I was wrong about you. You didn't want this guy. So I don't want to hear, well, well, Howie picked him. All right? They, they, it was not the first choice. Uh, the, the fact that Doug Peterson w- was here last year at the pinnacle of a of a are you going to get fired or not this fan base wants to let you go immediately turned it all around in one game to prove to everybody even though he didn't need to because this roster sucked balls and we can finally admit that now is that he weathered all of that storm he had enough fucking balls to look us in the eye and tell us that this team is just as talented as a 1996 Super Bowl team. And guess what? He was fucking right. Right on the money. Right. Like, in in terms of when we're questioning what Carson Wentz is, he's seen it. He knows. He knew what was in that kid. We all expected a leap. We know that that guy was way better than what Draft Twitter was trying to tell us. He turned him into a goddamn MVP candidate. There, there's no question that I think Carson is responsible for most of that, but he put him in the best position to win, along with Frank Reich and, and Filippo and that entire offense. This guy held everything together through every single struggle that this has had, through uh, figuring out a left guard and, and probably some infighting between Stoutland, between the GM, and between all the rest of the positional coaches and what you were doing with the offensive line. And somebody finally said, put Wisniewski in there and everything's going to be okay. And they finally went in and did that. No matter what, overcoming Jordan Hicks and overcoming uh, you know, Carson going down and to get Nick Foles to look like that, even if it's for one game, 
I know we have all the differences, and there's some idiot right now that's trying to like go through. Well, let, here's let's read all the bad fools takes. Fine, you want them? Go ahead. That does not happen without Doug Peterson. Not Nick Foles does not just turn the switch on and go. Hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. Doug has to dig deep and get that out of him. Doug has to dig deep and dictate an offense that destroyed one of the best defenses in the NFL. One of the best defenses in the NFL. We talked about the Denver game and how crazy it was. Destroyed them. Made them look like paper mache. Made them look like the Chicago Bears. Guys, this is Doug Peterson's Super Bowl and it's not even fucking close. He has done so many great things throughout this season that I can definitely go across the board and say it is a team effort because it definitely was, but it comes with one guy at the helm. There is maybe three or four other coaches that I would trust that would hold this group together. And really off the top of my head, it might be arguable that they wouldn't be able to. Bill Belichick has already done that this year too. And so there's one and there's two. And guess what? They're in the Super Bowl together. It's Doug Peterson Super Bowl, James, and I won't have it any other way. <laughs> All right. Well, that was very convincing. <laughs> I, like I said, I was pretty close to giving it to Peter. Peters and I just took the whole team because I do think that people will think about the adversity they face and beat up on. But you can give that to Peterson too. I, I'm not. I'm not going to fight you on it. <laughs> I feel like is that just... how people will remember him though? Like that's how I'm looking at it. Like I think that's how that's we what I said. I think people in Philadelphia will remember the team as a whole and say I think those outsiders are wrong. saying that too. I don't think people are at the point yet. Even if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, where they're like, "Wow, Doug is the stud." I think they're the reaction as well. That was a complete team. I think when we look back at this moment in time, because we all feel like, okay, just like you, both of you are said, Hostetler wins one, that's his Super Bowl, Sims wins the other. When we look back at this as the coaching career of Doug Peterson, remember what I said, because I think that's, that's when it was like, oh man, you know what? Doug was a stud. Doug was a stud. I buy, yes, it is a team effort. It definitely is. But uh, I, I, I can't think of any other time in the history of the game where this has happened you know like when's it like even Hostetler Hostetler didn't throw for 400 yards or 300 and plus yards and just like tear up everybody it was it was Otis on the ground and they were just killing it and they're just like just don't turn over the football it was fine you couldn't do that in this day and age sure if you want to equate that like that's significantly with the with the backup I mean listen to the stories that are coming out after this you're, you're talking about like, uh, and, and it's all relative and all, all, all uh, valid to talk about. Like, what is Nick Foles' value now? What is this? What is that? What is like, that doesn't happen with any, any coach. That doesn't happen even with, uh, I don't think that happens with Andy Reid. I don't think that happens with uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh. I don't think that happens with John Harbaugh. I don't, you know, it's just like I'm, I'm going through and just, and just trying to realize. And uh, I, I woke up today and I was like, holy shit. I was like, Doug is so good. And maybe it just lasts for a season and maybe it is all just together. I just really think that it's, uh, that it's kind of Peterson's thing here. Uh, that I have be- a different answer real quick. Okay, I think yeah. I want to change my answer. I'm going to say it's uh, Sean McVay's Super Bowl, actually, because, you know, <laughs> just, uh, so clearly better than Doug. <laughs> uh, man, that'll look that'll look really bad, too, uh, when that eventually. When, when do the awards finally come out for that, by the way? Anybody know? Isn't it uh, the night before yeah. the Super Bowl? Or, or it's, I don't know. I think it's sometime in February. McVeigh's gonna win that. Yeah, which is uh, it's it's whatever. It's congratulations. Oh, I agree. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Congrats on your first round playoff exit. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, and the, you know the the I see. I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be funny because the, the he might, I'm not saying the Rams will be figured out, but. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot tougher. It's gonna be funny when Kyle Shanahan beats him twice a year uh, with uh, with Jimmy G <laughs> in the same uh, division. But uh, BLG. That being said, uh, any any other things that you're kind of looking forward to slash final thoughts as we're wrapping it up here? Well, final thought for sure was that I think back to when the Eagles last played the Patriots. It was 2015. It was awesome. It was a weird game, obviously given the situation and. And it's not being a good year, and it was coming off of the, I'm pretty sure it was coming off the Detroit blowout on Thanksgiving, where the Eagles just got just demolished. That was awful. It was. Yeah, and then they were like, all right, well, now they're going to go to New England and get killed, and then they somehow win, of course, which I think was, was, no, that wasn't the last win of Chip's career. 
because I think that was the Bills game. But still, huge win in that spot. But I think back to what motivated that team to beat the Patriots that day. Do you guys remember this? Uh, not really. I remember okay. the flight home after, but I don't remember yeah. what motivated them. What motivated them was Jeffrey Lurie like, gave them like a pep talk that 53 day. 53 Angry Men. That's right. And that's, the yes, <laughs> that's where the 53 Angry Men shirt came out. So, uh, yeah. so maybe, just maybe, is that who we need to get involved this week? And, oh, and, man. And be like, you know, hey, man, you know, you, you look, you guys are in the Super Bowl now. And this is the Patriots, and this is and here's the thing: like we all know, Jeffrey Larry wants to beat the Patriots like a lot, oh, you know, because yeah. he's he's Boston Jeff, he's from Boston. So to stick it to them and to stick it to Robert Kraft, like come on, there's nothing more than he wants than that. And I think that's why he was he was motivated to do that in that game because he knew that season was going so poorly, and he's like, look, I know we just had this bad blowout loss. I need to, you know, I need to get that taste out of my mouth. Let's freaking beat the Patriots. You know, this could be a lost season, but if we beat the Patriots, it's like I have that. I can at least have that. And at this point, I think that's a real thing. I think that's a real thing that this owner really specifically wants to beat this team. And maybe he even has to cheat. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, (laughs) But, I mean, hey. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. It's going to be a really fun, interesting week. I, again, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I will miss you guys, obviously, but this has been good. It's been good. We've been able to to get this. Uh, we haven't done a podcast, like just podcast, you know, format, not like WIP show or anything, just us three and what feels like forever. Yeah. I'm sure hopefully we'll be talking more this week. I'll be giving updates to you guys and on the Facebook Live on BleedingGreenNation.com. We'll figure out that schedule and everything going on. We'll have a ton of content for you guys because it's the biggest game, man. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it is. It is the uh, the biggest game ever, and I can't believe that it's actually happening. It's probably not going to sink until about Thursday or Friday. Real quick, though, over under, how many times do you think Jeffrey Laurie says, fuck you, Robert Kraft, a week? I'm going to set it at two and a half. Oh, it's way over. over. He says he says it in the mirror a hundred times every every night. He just stares at him. He's like, "Fuck you, Robert Kraft." Fuck Kraft. you, Crafty, and then throws Fuck up. Fuck you, Robert Kraft. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, he just it's like you then know. throws on a robe mess and lights a cigarette that we don't need. Like uh, Lori's a closet <laughs> smoker and just yeah, you fucking yeah, I'll get you. And he says, "How did I end up in an '80s movie? What happened?" <laughs> Change your final thoughts as we're rolling out here, pal. Oh, man. First of all, BLG, we already miss you. Safe travels yeah. and all that good stuff. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, I think that um, my final thought is that uh, we are recording this. It is now eleven seventeen on Sunday night, which means that we are like at that point where legitimately less than a week from now, we all believe the Eagles will be Super Bowl champions. And that oh, is man. the craziest, most wild thought. I mean, the, the thought that one week from today could be the best day or one of the best days of many of our lives is a really oh, um, best day. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a, it's a wild, awesome, uh, amazing thing. And uh, like you said before, John, that the, the, our Patreon uh, uh, subscribers, our listeners, just everyone out there like. This has been such a uh, amazing, awesome journey for this football team and and for us too. And we're just we love all of you. We can't believe you uh, you support us the way you do and listen to us. And uh, we're we're so grateful. And uh, uh, we're just excited we get to talk about the, the freaking Super Bowl with you. So, um, like BLG said, lots of content coming your way, and we're gonna have fun doing it. Yeah, and we're really excited to see everybody at the uh, the big uh, Super Bowl tailgate that we're throwing and. <laughs> Yes, there will be a huge big screen on stage. We'll all be hanging out at the Fillmore. Again, it is free admission. You can go buy VIP slash buffet tickets, which are you know endless. They keep filling that uh, that good stuff up with you know cheesesteak egg rolls and uh, a tater tot bar and stuff like that. It's really really cool. Uh, those I have been told are a progressive thing. So the more they sell, the price goes up higher. It started at thirty. I think it's already at at fifty bucks, which is uh, something that the Fillmore is doing. But it is free admission regardless. Like you don't have to have a ticket to come in. You'll just be in there uh, and ready to 
rock and roll. We're excited for all all of the people that are flying in from Australia, the UK, Toronto, uh, you know, California, across the globe, across the uh, the nation. It's going to be a really big, uh, fun time. I'll be a part of the WIP pregame show. We'll be there for uh, you know halftime and and post game, so you can be a part of the show too, and and just kind of hopefully be going crazy with us. Literally at this time right now, more than likely, uh, as James was saying, around like eleven o'clock. Eastern, and then we're all running to Broad Street immediately after that. I don't. We'll just leave the equipment there. We'll yep. <laughs> run, run down naked if we have to, and go go enjoy. And I'm not going to bed at all uh, uh, that entire night if that happens. So again, stay tuned uh, for uh, tomorrow. Uh, Mark Schofield uh, from uh, Inside the Pylon, of course, uh, NFL 1000, who, who works with uh, a lot of the guys over there to do like QB rankings and stuff. Really knows the stuff. Also a host of Locked On Patriots because he covers them, and then our own uh, Benjamin Sol as well will be on there we'll have a nice long discussion maybe get a little more nerdy with it and go x's and o's plus both of those guys were down at the senior bowl which used to be my favorite time of the year <laughs> for the last four years of this podcast i always look forward to senior bowl uh and i i forgot it was there this year and and uh, <laughs> couldn't have been uh couldn't have been for a more uh, a better reason than the eagles are going to the super bowl so we'll get into all of that thank you as always for listening to bgn radio this episode number 297 right here on bleeding green nation.com and bgnradio.com we'll see you guys stretch your hand and i'ma chop it off i dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss shrimp scampi angel head noodles white wine sauce rwanda and ross reload the nina ross settle metal when i'm focused on the green dinero hocus pocus gucci lopez cake with bacon soda cake for soldiers move away from maine and nova scotia Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead, cause they sleep again. You eat the sheep or shit, be scared and cut the pieces. I lost for custom coops with the honey mother. Alright, uh, Seinfeld or The Office, which is a better show? Uh, Seinfeld, but I love both. There's gotta be an age thing there, too. Like, I'm too. I feel like I kind of just like I just, don't hide behind it's... age, Brandon. You can't hide behind age when things are great. <laughs> I mean, I you know like I haven't like I've seen The Office like the whole seasons, all of the seasons, multiple times. Yeah, and, and I watched it live when it was airing. Like I, you know anything Seinfeld, I would always see was just reruns. So and they were funny, but it's like you know you kind of just live through the reruns. You know what's he, you know what, also can't understand a world without cell phones and computers <laughs> and things like that. Well, that's true too. You know what I think it hurts Seinfeld in this discussion a lot of the time. It's not on Netflix, and it never has been. No yeah. one's ever been able just to. I can't go to BLG and be like, I trust me, I love The Office too, and I think it's probably an all. It's definitely an all timer show. Uh, but no if, question, if you watch Seinfeld the way I think me and James watch Seinfeld. On, oh, yeah. on VHS tape, constantly like repeating it, and you can find it. I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's on TBS every time you freaking turn it on. So, yeah, uh, BLG, go watch Seinfeld for like yeah, Seinfeld. just record yeah, a Seinfeld. bunch of them for the off season and get them ready, and then yeah. we can have a big discussion. Yeah, I want to do that one day actually, and then we'll have pizza and then we'll discuss, and it'll be fun. I'm in. Uh, but for let's put it on the poll, uh, as Lebetard would say. Uh, do you <laughs> think Seinfeld or The Office? Which is which? Do you guys? prefer uh all complaints at uh, the benetton and uh <laughs> like <that. laughs> all right uh 297 yeah